Hello, welcome back to our podcast, Watch Better Movies. This is where we like to uh, highlight cult classic films that we believe deserve a little bit more attention. Um, as always, I'm Ben. And I'm Matthew. And I am Colin. And today we are going to talk about the, uh, I want to say classic film, but it's not, it's not that old. It came out in 2005. Uh, today we're going to talk about the film, one of my favorite films of all time, Brick, directed by... Oh, this by, is Ben's favorite. He talks about it all the time. This is one of my favorite films, easily. It's uh, directed by Ryan Johnson. It stars Emily DeRaven and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, a few other people. Um, this had a very low budget. Um, it kind of shows as well. Um, I think the budget was somewhere around 450000 uh, which is pretty low for Hollywood. Um, this is my favorite Ryan Johnson film. I know he's done... He's wow. gone to do a lot of other movies like Knives Out, which a lot of people liked. Um, did you not? I, you know, I thought it was okay. Whoa. Uh, I know, I know. It's pretty it's, sure I gave that four and a half stars. Next podcast. It's, it's a good movie. It's just, I think, uh, um, expectation is the easiest looper form of, or the easiest gateway to disappointment. Um, Brothers Bloom. I did not like Brothers Bloom at all. Uh, looper. I kind of liked, kind of. but uh, I think the, just the ending where it went was just, if I could just go on record, Ryan Johnson has done nothing weird. that I don't love. Really? I like Brothers Bloom. I'm not saying it's a masterpiece. I enjoyed you like it. You like The Last me. Jedi. Uh, I'm on record as saying <laughs> that The Last Jedi is one of the best Star Wars movies ever made. Yikes. Well, now you know to disregard his opinion. Just kidding. I'm <laughs> just movie. kidding. It, it's it's okay. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry that not everybody can get behind Leia floating in space. And You know, I, you know, I actually did like some of that movie. Like, yeah. you can... You you, can I, the best thing I could say about it is at least they took some risks. At least they did something Thank you. different. Thank you. He you tried know. to literally break the whole entire Star Wars world apart, and you seem to hate Star Wars, so I thought you'd like Last Jedi because it actually chose to be original. Yeah, but I mean, you remember that that B story and the whole thing? Oh, I'm Rose? sorry that like, you didn't ugh. appreciate the fact that Chewie did not want to eat those little cute things. <laughs> no, no, no. I meant the We're B story with. Uh, <laughs> yeah, is that what they are? I'm talking about with uh, it's like with a John Boyega. Into a penguin. I'm talking about with Rose and uh, Finn. Yeah, yeah. Where they went off and they gambled and like they rode camel things. That was dumb. That was so stupid. Okay, first off, I will say that's the worst part of the movie. Can we disagree? Does that make a movie bad? No, I guess not. It's just there's certain. I just felt like it was. What's that guy, Del Toro? Who did they find? Yeah, yeah, Benicio Del Toro. Okay, so let me tell you. I know you appreciate him. Oh yeah. Isn't it worth it to have a terrible B story if you find Del Toro? I mean, he's you a great actor. The actor doesn't it. make the film, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Ryan Johnson uh, directed Brick. What else do you want to say about Brick? <laughs> oh, you're, you're, the, you're the intro guy today. <laughs> a lot. I know, but you you know, I don't mind going off on tangents about his other films. Oh, I don't either. And... Um, I personally just, I'm of the opinion that like he, he has very good ideas. Very good ideas. I just don't think he always executes them properly. Um, in my opinion, Brick is his best film, which is kind of sad because it's like his first. Well, that, that's, uh, can we not say that about a lot of actors and musicians and directors that sometimes they, well, I think there's something that's true that a lot of times before Hollywood producers or music producers get in, like some of their, some artists, most original work is their first before people start really trying to shape them to be what they want them to be. Oh yeah. That's why, that's why I do think Brick is easily his most original work. Do you think that's the case here or do you think it's just. Well, I, mean, I guess he wouldn't because you don't have you know share my opinion. But like, do you think he's gotten better since Brick? Uh, well, one, I just want to be clear. I do think Brick's his best movie. Really? Yes, I think Brick's easily his best movie. Brick's one of my favorite movies. And well, we can agree to that. Then. Film Spotting's <laughs> my favorite movie podcast besides ours, of course. And they have had a Golden Brick Award, which has led me find, led me to find so many movies I would have never found before. And they named it the Golden Brick Award because they want to highlight the movie of that year that was amazing that went under 
under notice is that a word or un- well, under so the, well i'll allow it what i was gonna ask since i have heard about how great this movie is from y'all for months now i'm curious like what percentage of people do you think actually know this movie or have seen this movie? A small percentage, I think. <laughs> because I, this but is... based on talking to y'all, I'd feel like everybody has. No, but... no, no, no. I don't no. know many people in my life that have seen Brick. No, there's a lot of people. This is one of those underrated films, which is why I picked it. Okay. It's, it's one of those, like, I think it's watching it again, like, because I watched it again yesterday. Um, and man, like, I was just like, man, this thing is flawless. I just, I mean, maybe not flawless, but I think it's a masterpiece. And I was just like, man. I mean, the action scenes, you know, they could their their effects were a little, yeah. What? What? what, Like what? But I think that's intentional. I disagree. I think the action scenes are great. (laughs) Well, when when you really think Michael Bay is the king of all effects, then maybe it does suck. No one thinks that. Who thinks that? I don't know. Michael Bay does. (laughs) I kind of like Michael Bay. (laughs) Get out of here. Just leave. Are we going to review Transformers 6 next week? Oh, Lord. (laughs) can't believe they brought anthony hopkins into that every now and then even anthony needs a paycheck you know yeah yeah <laughs> it's just so sad it is sad <laughs> i think one of the things colin to say why i appreciate this movie so much is one i have found from a lot of people that may, maybe i can just admit that that sometimes i maybe i choose to like things that everybody else doesn't like just almost because i love the idea of originality and i love the idea of something that's unique and different but but it's at least how I feel. Like, I, I think when I watched Brick, I was blown away that I had never seen anything like this. Same. I thought the screenwriting was absurdly good. That, like... And he wrote this literally as, like, right out of film school. Which I love that. That somebody... At that age that, you know, was able to pin something, like, with such intricacy and detail. I love the fast talk. Um, going back to His Girl Friday, this didn't talk as fast. But, but I do think it's fast. Um, I thought that just even taking something like film noir and putting it in high school, like, first off, there's a reason no big production companies jumped on this because that's a terrible idea. But he just decided. So I, I, I'll give it my... It feels like it shouldn't work. I'll, I'll, I'll give my initial thoughts and then maybe we can get sure. uh, into some of the plot and walk through some of the things. But for the record, I, I like this movie. I like this movie. This might be my f- favorite movie that we've kind of done that I hadn't seen before. Really over Bruges? I think over Bruges, yeah. Um, I yeah, that, that, that helps a lot. It's heavier. Um, I mean, there is a dead girl, but it. And the thing about this movie that I like is the more I think about it, the more I like it. And because honestly, the first half of the movie I struggled because the premise is so unrealistic. Unrealistic. Oh, I'm yeah. just like, oh yeah. The whole time I'm like, this is happening in high school. What is this? Like, this just isn't. This makes no sense. But once I kind of accepted the noir. Uh, style and stop trying to worry about like that premise. I'm like, wow, this is good. Like, I really like the relationships. I like the conversations. I like the just even the re- resolution, like how it ended and unexpecting, you know, not expecting the ending. And like, once I got past the whole thing that this is like a m- murder mystery happening in a high school that makes no sense, I was like, oh, this movie's great. Well, so let, take this line in and I, we can like slip back into our own high school life. Like, isn't it not true that for most of us, when you're in high school, you think high school is way more serious and way more of a big deal than it actually is? Oh, yeah. And so Ryan Johnson and uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt were both quoted as saying, this is not what high school actually is, but it's how high school actually felt. 
Mm. And I think that line's really true is like when you are in high school, like there are those characters almost like high school almost is like this fictitious story, like the cool kid and this person and that guy that does drugs, like the dealer or, you know, like you, you view sometimes when you're in high school, these people is almost like that they are elevated way beyond the reality of what they actually are. There's almost storylines and like in, in the gossip that happens in high school that I love that line. And I think that's part of what he was trying to paint a picture of is like, obviously this is not what high school is. And I think all of us look back at high school like, yeah, like we took that way too serious, but there's an element of it is how it felt. It is how it felt. So I just, I I saw that quote and I was like, man, that really almost sums up the movie to me. Yeah. Especially for a loner character, like our protagonist. Um, Like I think some people can relate to him in the sense of like uh, being a wallflower during high school and just like, uh, being on the outside looking in and feeling like you're, you know, in this, this like mob type story. Yes. It's, it's almost like, uh, someone could kind of morph that into like their own little world, their own little narrative world. Well, it makes high school feel like a life and death situation. <laughs> yeah. And that's <laughs> I mean, it's so- in the movie, but well, and that's how we feel in life. Sometimes when you're in high school, it's yeah, like, yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, I, I love the idea of you mentioned him being a loner. Um, think about the cafeteria, like at, like at lunch in high yeah. school. And I lo- like so much in high school of who you were positionally in, in the midst of that community of high school had to do with where you sat. And I love this idea of like, you know, you know where I, you know where I eat lunch, and like you know, the, you know whether they're it, it, nobody seemingly eats in a cafeteria. Does anyone actually eat in a cafeteria at the school? Like they're eating behind dumpsters, they're eating somewhere <laughs> else. But but they were but they were known for where they sat, which I think is also the reality of like what high school was. Yeah, and it, it gives it this very like. Uh this very like gang type of <laughs> feel almost, you know, when, when you're a kid, cause it's like, uh, the low level thugs and the high level thugs and this person's connected to this person and this person's a higher class than this person. It's, there's definitely some classism at work, even though it's all mental and it doesn't exist. I also think Colin, one reason I fell in love with this instantly just plain and simple is Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I mean, Oh yeah. He, I had seen, so I saw him in other movies like Inception or Batman or what else? What else is he in? He's in tons of things. Uh, what was that show he was in a long time? Was it was he in Thirty Rock or no? Not no, no, Thirty Rock. No. Third Rock from the, the Sun. sun. Yeah. Third Rock from the Sun. So I mean, I was familiar with him before I saw this, but then for me to see this that he did this so early in his career, I'm like, this guy, this guy can take on the world of film. Like this guy's phenomenal. So I think another thing is I love this movie because of his performance. Yeah, he's fantastic. Of course, the shots look great, but the the quality of the image itself kind of feels like a, a student film. And I think that kind of works with it. I wonder. I wonder how intentional that was. Well, um, it was low budget. Yeah, definitely. And his think... brother did the score, and his parents were the primary funders of the film. I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. I <laughs> yes. didn't know that. <laughs> he tried to get people to produce it and produce it and fund it, and his parents ended up being the primary, which means they had some pockets. But either way, when <laughs> your brother nice. when your brother does the score, that's nice. You're working on a budget. This it's low. a pretty dang good score. I, that was one of the biggest. <laughs> maybe maybe his brother. You know. Well, I hope he has gotten some other opportunities since then, because that was one of the first things I wanted to talk about today. Was like the music and the score behind it was so good, and then I learned that his brother did. It to help him out like on some small computer and i'm like whoa do you think this movie would have been more effective if it was black and white i know my answer yeah well colin hates black and white yes exactly absolutely (laughs) really all of them (laughs) it's an instant turn off he starts he has a hard time even paying attention yeah (laughs) i mean forgive me for just my eyes well if it's an old movie sure i understand but like if it's a if it's kind of like a modern movie that's black and white do you still have issues paying attention why is that I mean, I think I'm a Colin, victim Colin of sees in color. Yeah, the, right. everything I've ever known and care about is in color, and so okay. 
Well, that's fair. So for those of you who are listening to this podcast and being like, I have no clue what they're talking about. Well, no, well uh, I, have, I have another fun fact before we actually start talking. <laughs> All right, go for it. Uh, I started researching Nathan Johnson, the Ryan Johnson's brother who did the score. And he pretty much did the score for almost every one of Ryan Johnson's movies. He did it for Brothers Bloom. He did it for Looper. He did it for... Uh, it looks like a couple more I don't know. But so he, may, he must not have just been like any Joe Schmo. No. Well, well, here's the deal. At the time, they both were Joe Schmoes. <laughs> so At the they, time, yeah. They've risen to relevance together. I mean, mm-hmm. he's also, Ryan Johnson's written every film he's ever directed, which I always tend to love movies that the director is also the screenwriter. Same. I'm, I'm like that uh, usually. Uh, I think the only people I'm not really like that with is uh, like David Fincher. He doesn't really write any of his stuff. Oh, he did, he did the, but, uh, he did it for Knives Out as well. I don't, I don't even think Ryan Johnson would direct a movie he didn't write. Probably not. Uh, well, I don't know, because he, he directed a couple episodes of Breaking Bad, and uh, those weren't... He didn't write those. Can we ever do a podcast just and do one on every episode of Breaking Bad? I've we never would, but seen Colin, Breaking seen. Bad. <laughs> well, that would maybe, be. maybe we can have a guest. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have had guest requests. <laughs> Sorry, Colin, we're not trying to kick you out. <laughs> I don't think we need to talk about Breaking Bad. Everybody knows well, that's a great show, except for Colin. <laughs> Anyways, you know, you did watch a documentary on Mars the other day or something. That was, that was a conversation we had like two months ago. I'm sorry, I haven't forgotten it. <laughs> so you'd watch that, but you won't watch. Virgin it's okay. Day. My wife's making me watch Virgin River right now. And What's that? It's like a really like it's like a chick flick thing with not the greatest acting or greatest plot. And I made fun of it at first, but I'm a sucker for any time. I actually now I'm invested. <laughs> is it a is it a show or a movie? Yeah, it's a show. All right. It's romance and when are we actually going to review a chick flick? That's what I need to know because I love love stories. I just I'm willing to admit it. Hey, you can your next pick. Yeah, Ooh. you can pick one. And there's a love story here. Where in Brick? Oh yeah. Oh, she's dead. You 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 you, you can love a dead person. God. You... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for In everyone so that's ways. utterly confused about what's happening, why don't we actually jump in and explain? A little bit more about what's uh, this movie. Clearly, I think you understand that uh, this is a noir that takes place in a high school. Uh, but, you know, if you've never seen this movie, that might be the extent of what you know right now. Yeah, so a quick synopsis is um, there's this guy, this kid, who's a high schooler. He's kind of a loner. And he uh, just broke up with his girlfriend a couple months ago, I think, right? Like maybe one month ago. Might have killed her. He didn't kill her. And uh, he he has a, a an odd conversation with her on a payphone, uh, where she says a lot of nonsensical things to him um, that seem a little ominous, and she seems scared. And next thing you know, she turns up missing. Well, in so particular, because it's relevant, she says "brick," "tug," and "the pen." Yeah, she says some uh, some words that that he um, tries to investigate later. Uh, and so the whole movie is about him um, investigating. Uh, her death and actually pretty early on he finds her body um two days earlier uh yeah he finds her body uh, pretty early on but just doing some like quick investigating and then uh the rest of the movie is him trying to figure out uh who actually uh killed her or how he puts it who put her in front of the gun um i don't want to give too much away about the plot because i feel like the mystery is half the fun um so i will just say it is a noir film um, that is very detective-y, and the whole time you're trying to uncover uh, the mystery of who killed her. Um, and there's a lot of intention, there's a lot of style to this movie, and it is fantastic. The uh, dialogue is very uh, eerily similar to um, 
you know old uh like old uh uh gangster movies um do you have any uh i i definitely have some favorite quotes from this movie because of how interesting they are and how unique they are um and just how funny they are too do you do you have any do you have any uh quotes matthew yeah uh, maybe my favorite dialogue one, my two favorite scenes, and I can't remember the quotes, are when finally Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Brendan, decides to really take on this investigative endeavor. He and the brain really come into a collaboration together, I think in the back of the library or somewhere. And I just remember a lot of the quotes, and they were phenomenal. But my favorite dialogue is with uh, him, I guess it's the vice principal? Yeah, vice principal. <laughs> and he's like just going back and forth. And somehow it seems like the vice principal has used him before to like help solve mysteries of the administration with bad kids at school or something like yeah him and but he like gets into this argument with the vice principal and he's basically like look you know he's like you know what does he actually say he's you know the quotes but he basically says like if you have a disciplinary issue with me then write me up or suspend me we'll or we'll talk about this in the parent I'll conference. see at the parent teacher conference <laughs> and, yeah. and just like all of, like that's what all of a sudden it's like this is not as serious as you think or you're not gonna bust up in my homeroom and uh, I just loved that idea of the like the I think I realized watching it a second time this movie is actually more comical than like it's serious but it's also it little moments like that well, there's, there's so, zingers all over the place. well the zingers oh, yeah. but the zingers aren't like the zingers aren't just funny lines they're funny lines that are meant to help you realize okay this isn't really as serious as I'm making this out to be. Like, this is still a kid that goes to homeroom. This is still a kid that has to go to parent-teacher conference. And I just love a lot of those zingers. Um, And I love all the conversations when, like, there's no cell phones, there's only pay phones. And I just (laughs) love that he's always finding a pay phone. I love that, like, even when he hangs up in his room, he, like, slams down the old school phone, like, onto the thing. But I love all these conversations with him and Brain. And also, I don't know how Brain gets all his information. So Brain actually does have a cell phone. Um, But this is, like, back when I was in high school, kind of. So, like... Like with Zach Morris phone? Yeah, it's it came in two thousand five, so like a couple people had cell phones, but it wasn't like a you know, there were there were clamshells, but like not not every kid had a cell phone. I was in fifth grade in two thousand five. That's cool. Wow. I don't know if uh, y'all know this, but I found on a forum that the most uh, viewed topic on this particular brick forum is a debate of whether the brain is actually a real character. I did see that. Or whether he is just a figment of the imagination of Brendan. Because we never see him, uh, we never see him interact with anybody. And Ryan Johnson will neither claim nor deny the truth of whether he is real or not. Yeah, I saw that. That was cool. (laughs) Um, So... in in not only this scene but like in the whole movie you kind of see the uh the little parallels between um this and and uh other like gangster mob movies uh so this scene that matthew's describing is very similar um to like an informant or a um a private investigator someone like dealing with uh like the actual law you know so it's like the police chief you know or even just like the detective and the police chief scene um that a noir would have and and it works so well um, the, my favorite line from that scene is um, he references when uh, he, I don't want to say like told on, but that's basically what it is. He, uh, he gave them information about someone else who, who yeah. was, yeah, Jer, they talk about. And uh, I, think, I think the information he gave him was that he was doing drugs or something like that. Um, but he, uh, I love this line because he says, he mentions it. And then Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character says, uh, Brendan, he says, um, I gave you Jer to see him eaten, not to see you fed. Mm. I love that line. <laughs> I'm going to um, use that in a sermon sometime. Yeah, there's another line <laughs> where he meets the pin. Um, the pin's like the big, bad bo- uh, gangster guy. That was one of Don. my favorite scenes was getting to know the pin and yeah. the pin living in his mother's basement. And his cane. And his cane, yeah. Fun fact about the pin, um, that actor 
uh, is actually in the very beginning scene of Inception. And so it was kind of a little reunion for Joseph Gordon-Levitt and him. I thought that was cool. Um, but anyway, why, my... was, why was that one of your favorite scenes, Con? Well, I think this was when I might have started to turn the corner on getting over the absurdity of all of this. Like, that's when it got, like, so kind of just comic, comically absurd in a good way. I don't mean that to dismiss it. <laughs> I was just like, okay, I can let, I can just let down all these walls. Like, I, I'm starting to just get this and enjoy it and starting to be more uh, into it. Whereas a lot of the earlier thing, I was a lot more like, what is going on? Like, Yeah, I agree. I think that's kind of when you can, that that's the easier moment where you can just, like, really get into it and just throw the whole like it, this is yeah. a realistic part and just oh, really just to me it's not just when he's in the basement it's when they go upstairs and the mom is yeah. making him <laughs> yeah, cornflakes yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i love it that was a little a little break in uh in the seriousness there. Like, and then the mom little... goes i'm now going to go to the other room to do something and it's like <laughs> yeah. they're, being all, they're being all like serious you know like mob like looks and, and stuff good old and tugger and, and she just comes and be like, "You got, you want some tang? You guys want? I mean, maybe you want some more orange juice?" Like, and, and then there's that moment fine. where you realize that this isn't so serious <laughs> when Tug like literally is about to bash him over the head with a, like a, <laughs> like yeah, a, yeah. a craft of like tang or, or juice. Yeah, yeah, orange juice. And then he runs away with it, and then all of a sudden, his he comes back and puts it on the table and like this. A comedic editing yeah. there. There's a lot of comedic editing, like the scene where he, um, where like Brendan is like in that dark room. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, and he he's can't like see with the glasses. The, he's like sitting on the chair. <laughs> no, he's just sitting there, and then he's like, "Give me my glasses." And he like gets up and he's like, "Fine, it. just tell me what wall the door's on." And I'm like, "That's another good line." <laughs> yeah, um, I was gonna say one of my one of my other good line uh, one of my other favorite lines is when he first meets the pen. Uh, the pen says, "I'm very interested to hear what you have to say next." And he's go and he goes, "Why don't I just stand here and bleed at you?" <laughs> <laughs> Because he, he's getting his butt kicked so many times in this movie. I think that's a level of lack of realism. Is Joseph Gordon-Levitt, he bleeds a lot, but seemingly just keeps going. Yeah, I was, uh, that was one of the things I was going to mention, because um, I do believe this movie's a masterpiece, but I did I did catch a flaw that I that I think is a kind of a flaw or something I, men- I noticed was um, he, he, there's a moment where he he's kind of stalled to get to a, a, a certain location, uh, several times because he's been beaten up so many times and so i'm like wait so he has internal bleeding <laughs> and he just needs like he has internal bleeding and then he doesn't yeah so like that that seems like an issue that's resolved by him like taking a nap <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know and then he's fine no he had to take a nap because his eyes uh his eyes he had knives. knives in his eyes yeah but uh do you know what i mean though that scene where yeah he's, yeah i like the little um the little scenes where he's like not close to it's almost as if he's close to death you know and it there's like this like uh black silk kind of effect that they throw in front of the camera did you guys notice that i noticed that it bothered me really i just didn't. i liked it uh, do, do you feel like some of these choices in the way that he shot the film made it feel cheap to you yes that's exactly what it was like and i mean I, I jabbed at like the fighting scenes and i mean maybe i just need to get over myself and with it but like just the crazy like the punches and the camera would fly the other way or the, the i specifically think of when uh he got into a fight with tug and the car drove off and they had that effect that you're talking about matthew and then the car drove back yeah it's and, the jaws effect where you zoom in and push in at the same time yeah, yeah or yeah. zoom in push out one of the there's time. one time in the movie where ryan johnson yeah, sure. ryan johnson's hand actually makes a cameo oh really i think it was an accident <laughs> i didn't notice that you should tell me where that was 34 16 I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know? I was going to be impressed. Yeah, me too. Uh, so this movie was inspired by uh, movies like Miller's Crossing by the Coen brothers and uh, Cowboy Bebop, which is an anime 
uh, probably the best anime ever made, in my opinion. I know you guys don't watch anime, but it's I, very I have seen some anime, but I admit I've never seen Cowboy Bebop. I highly recommend it. I didn't even know it was anime. Highly recommend it. It's uh, it's only one season um, because animes know when to stop sometimes, uh, except for Naruto and One Piece, and um, it's it is so good. the uh, the The character of Brendan is a uh, kind of loosely based off of Spike Spiegel, which is the main uh, protagonist in Cowboy Bebop. Um, I keep hearing that they're going to do like a live action version on Netflix. I kind of hope they don't, <laughs> but we'll see. Well, one day we might be able to share your affinity for this. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. I highly recommend it. Um, it's on Hulu in English if you want to watch it. Um, I was going to say the femme fatale character. I don't like her. I find her annoying. Her raspy voice, just a little too raspy for me. Um, I don't even remember her name. Do you remember her name? Laura, I want to say. I think it was Laura. She had a raspy voice? Oh, yeah. Just mad raspy. The girl that hosted she the party. Might, she might as well The girl that like, was, like, hosting the party of uh, Halloween in January? Yeah. You thought I was raspy? I don't really remember. What do you mean by raspy? Like, raspy. Like, she has smoke. Like, hey, I'm Laura. Yeah, she's like, hi, I'm Laura. So not seductive, but just, like, I've got, like, a cold. I mean, it's seductive, sure, but it's, like, it's it's the femme fatale character in the noir stories. You know, it's who she's supposed to be. They usually have raspy voices. Um, but I found her whole character very annoying. But that was just me. Well, now I have to think if I should have been annoying to her. She know you? Yeah. Was it <laughs> the voice you know or you just annoyed, annoyed at her character? Just annoyed at her character. I just uh, I got annoyed at her dumb relationship she chose. <laughs> Me too. Like, why are you hanging out with the pen? Also, think about the pen. Who were those random, small, skinny twerps that were just hanging out in the hallway? So that's a reference to Miller's Crossing. Um, every time the main character in Miller's Crossing would go to um, to any kind of like mob boss kind of uh, character, there would always be a line out the door because they all have like business with them. Those little guys have no business working with the pen. <laughs> I think the pen also has no business being the pen. No, no, probably not. <laughs> I am scared of Tug though. Yeah, Tug was a good character. I thought I thought every character was good really, except for Laura. Um, Tug, Dode, Dode was interesting. Um, I love that scene where, um, spoilers, where uh, Dode gets shot. The smoke. The smoke? Isn't it like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like a little bit of smoke. Coming out the back of his head? Yeah, and then uh, it like holds on them. Like they just, they just let them. Wasn't it Dode that his posse was like the hash heads? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that reminds me of my, of my other favorite quote. He, uh, when he first hits Dode and uh, he, he looks at his like cronies and they're all like, oh, and he's like, he says, throw one at me if you want, Hash. I got all five senses and I slept last night. That puts me six up in the lot of you. <laughs> That's good. That's such a good What if line. we actually talked like this in real life? Yeah. Oh, how I'm interesting start life would be. talking to all my coworkers. I would love to. I don't think I could keep it up. <laughs> it's like learning a new language, though. It is. Yeah, yeah. How would you even learn that? You'd have to, like, watch... What like Brick the Maltese times. Falcon? Oh, oh yeah, times. Maltese. Yes, <laughs> which I think that that was also uh, some it was one of the inspirations. Yeah, yeah Maltese Falcon. That's ooh, that's what we should do one one uh, one podcast. One so I, I saw a quote, and I don't really know what to make of this, but completely. I, I, sometimes I hear a quote, and I'm like, oh, that's so good, and I don't even know why I think it's good. But Ryan Johnson is quoted as saying, "Brick is the high school, what Gotham City is the New York City." Yeah. Like what do you, What do you think he meant by that? I don't know. I think it, I think it's more so like. Um, like they kind of need each other or they kind of feed off each other um, when I hear that I think of like the gritty nature of Gotham City and I, then I think of the gritty nature of uh, the high school in this in this movie um, so kind of like they themselves are a character I know that's 
cheesy and cliche, but that's kind of what I got from it. I mean, I've always watched Batman and thought Gotham City was New York City, but I also think it's just really over- well, yeah. But I, but I also think that part of it is it's this over embellished picture. Well, that's exactly of, what of, I was kind of thinking. It's like the extreme version, of which it. I think that's what Brick is. Yeah. It's like this is what high school feels like, but it isn't really like yeah. Anybody have a favorite character besides Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Is there any like any character that for you it's like man like uh, this was kind of my favorite person in the film? Probably Tug. <laughs> I know I know he's like an antagonist type, but I just I just like him. I like how he's just simple and hot-headed. <laughs> Guy looks really good in a wife beater. You know what I'm saying? Yep, he's got the guns. And if you do y'all wear wife beaters? No, no. Do y'all feel like that's a really sexist term? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what are they actually called when you buy them? Tank tops. <laughs> Should we just make a rule as men that we're no longer going to call them that? Yeah. Yep. I think that's a good rule. Yeah. Let's not call them that. So as a grown man, I, I would wear uh, wife beaters to the gym and work out. And my wife told me I had to stop doing that. Did you really? Wow. I don't think it was because they were called wife beaters. I think it was because she thought it was ridiculous that I was wearing a wife beater, period. So the three of us, Ben, Matthew, Colin, and we all vow no longer to call them wife beaters. I haven't I called haven't been them. calling it a wife beater in a long time. <laughs> Can we disagree that <laughs> just you, Matthew? <laughs> can we disagree that Tug looked good in a white tank top? No, he looked great. So, do we want to talk about the resolution of this movie? Or yeah. You, okay. Colin, I think like the resolution. Talk about it. Oh gosh, put me on the spot. Um, well, I just liked it because I just didn't. I'll let Ben explain what actually happened, just because I'm terrible at details. But I appreciated that I did not exactly see it coming it's not like the whole time i kind of knew what was going on i didn't know who killed her like i mean you know i could see where obviously uh brendan's character was like going and you know getting his getting in with the pen and everybody but uh the actual ending was like oh so it you know captivated me all the way till the very end which is like mainly the reason why i said i really liked the ending so when um when it's revealed that it's uh you know the i don't want to say but the the person who it is like the person who is behind everything um first of all did you you don't really need to understand all the details even though they go into a very you know sherlock style mm-hmm. but um did you find that satisfying yes why because i think maybe a common theme with my commentary on movies is when i don't understand them i don't like them and it was like it did it may help me be able to understand it explain yourself well like nobody i don't think anyone would have really got the reason why unless he would have explained it yeah um but no i thought it was cool so there's a there's a lot of earlier we talked about uh you know it being you have to kind of uh forego your um the reality of the situation and just kind of get into the style of it uh and there's this there's this comedic you know moment with the the pin's mom where it's like that's bringing you out of the illusion in a comedic way um for me there was one moment and i'll ask you if there was for you guys but uh for me there was one moment that brought me out of the illusion in a bad way a little bit and that was with the hitman character there's a scene where someone comes at him with a knife and uh, you don't know who sent him because brendan has a lot of enemies uh who doesn't in high school but i doubt any of them hired a, a an assassin with a knife had a switchblade he did he shines a blade as he says um but it actually took me a few watches to realize who actually hired him and later you found out that it was brad bramish which is a uh um the football player the football player so i'm like okay so you're telling me who brendan did beat in a fight yeah he which did. i did not see that coming i love that fight but that's also because of the uh fallacy of brendan's invincibility <laughs> he should have been knocked out like five times in that fight nah man he's also he's on, that, thick, on that running scene with the hitman 
my question for Ryan Johnson is, did they have to run that far to get to that conclusion? <laughs> like That bothered you? Like, I mean, couldn't you have found another pole to trip him into in another corner? I mean, also, good move. I thought it worked. My question is, why did you have to take off your shoes to do it? I, I, I did not understand that either. I was like, I need to run this fast to get this far ahead so I can take off my shoes. Was it so he could slide? I think it was so that he wouldn't what, be heard running. What do you... You don't remember the shoes? What What's your What's your hypothesis? You're, you're saying I think I mean I don't think it was necessary. I think it could have he could have done it with shoes, but I, I think either. he did it because you know he needed to not be heard. All sneaky feet. Yeah. So you say it's heard. I think it's for um, the ability to slide well. My God. concrete. My God. Okay, I'm gonna tell you guys something. Um, I went to film school for two years, and oh, I saw. Do you feel smart right now? I yeah. saw. <laughs> Just let me finish. Let me finish. I saw Brick when I was in high school, actually, which is pre-film awesome school, to, which was an awesome time to you watch. You were destined movie. for greatness. Keep going. Hey, thank you. Uh, one of my one of my friends let me borrow it. It was I loved it. On anyway, v- on VHS. No, it was a DVD. Oh, I didn't. Is it the same DVD that I have? Sorry. Is the same DVD that I've borrowed from you? No, I think I bought my. You own. just never returned it. No, I gave it back. Okay. <laughs> so please inform us of your intelligence. <laughs> anyway, so I went to film school and there was this there was this time where we went out to LA to like talk to like people who were like in the business blah 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 and there was this uh there was a seminar this guy was giving and he used Brick as an example. And uh and I and I was of course over the moon cuz I love this movie and he he had us all watch that scene with the chasing. And at the end he asked us all why do you think he took off his shoes? And to me it was obvious that well he just didn't want to be heard because there's very special attention to him like sound they're making when uh, their uh, shoes are hitting the ground and so to me it was like he didn't want to he didn't want him to hear that he was going to come and slide and so the guy actually a couple of people said it was because it was to slide most people said what i said the guy doing the seminar was dead set on no it's sliding and uh i don't know why but it really bothered me <laughs> that someone would think that it was for sliding purposes. You could slide with shoes. It's on rough out. concrete. Being in your socks doesn't help. Right, exactly. Okay, I don't really feel like... This might t- take two hours to fight over this. Yeah, you're right. 100% you can slide better with socks than shoes on concrete. On the on sidewalk concrete. outside? On the First sidewalk. Off, Do we want to go try right now? No, sliding on concrete's a bad idea to begin with. You can't slide on concrete. <laughs> Unless no it's matter buffed, you know. I also think that I read somewhere that this like long chase scene was like a tribute to like Chinatown or like I think there's oh, okay. it's been a while That's since cool. I've seen Chinatown but I think there was like a long chase scene there there was a lot of odes, odes. yeah a lot of <clears throat> I get what you mean a lot of homages homages to uh, Miller's Crossing and Cowboy Bebop definitely overall though I like this movie like I also will confess, <clears throat> confess I didn't really even put two and two together about Knives Out until we started talking in here but then I was like Oh, this is the exact same movie as Knives Out. I was like, this no, it's all not. no, well, it, it's, it's a mystery it. style. It's a sure. And I was like, this all makes sense now. And like, so if you like Knives Out, and you know it coming out recently, I think you would enjoy this movie quite a bit. I, I agree. Um, do you think Ryan Johnson should do another noir film? One hundred percent. Oh yeah, I would love to see him do one like like a timepiece. Like I would love to see for Colin a black and white piece. Not in high school. Yo, 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 yo. <laughs> not in high school. <laughs> Colin just knocked over. Uh, he, well, let's just be honest. What he knocked over, he knocked over a moving pad. Uh, that's. I think that to kind of end with the high school thought. One, I think it's helpful for everybody. Like almost look back retrospectively at life and look back at high school, 
and I think this might seem ridiculous, but I think so often we, we carry so much baggage from high school and so much of our pain as adults is still based off of stuff that we took way too seriously in high school. And what I read somewhere is something that's interesting is I think in many ways this might have been very personal for Ryan Johnson because that high school they're running around was his high school. And uh, I did not I'm, know. I'm pretty sure where I read that he actually went back and a lot was filmed on the high school set of where he grew up. And I wonder how much of this, like, I'd have to like read more, but like, I wonder if Brendan was a character almost of Ryan Johnson. Like, I wonder if Ryan Johnson did feel like a loner. I wonder if Ryan Johnson did feel like, and was some I wonder of this. if Ryan Johnson's girlfriend was murdered in high school. Good Lord. <laughs> I'm sure there's a bit of him in there. That would explain The Last Jedi being terrible, but. <laughs> Um, so it is terrible. But you've, no, it's not. But let me tell you something. If he really found a dead girlfriend that broke up with him who had a drug addiction with a bracelet on her wrist in the water of a tunnel, then like, yeah, that might make you lead to make The Last Jedi. But I, I do think so that... So do you like The Last is Jedi it good or, or bad, not? Matthew? Come on. I love it. But anyways... I liked it better than Rise of Skywalker. I do think it was... I, I think it was probably a really personal film um, that he wrote intentionally. And the fact that he would put the set there, like how, like how much of our lives in high school do we still let shape us? you know, for the unreal, like unrealistic nature of how serious it was. So, uh, for anybody watching it, I wouldn't, I mean, we're, uh, recording this in the end of January, 2021. Currently this movie is on Amazon prime. Boom. I encourage you to go and watch it. If you haven't, Please. uh, if you are intrigued by everything we've said, or if you're just utterly confused by everything we've said, uh, go check it out. Those really, are all reasons to watch it. And, and, and genuinely, I, I am recommending this one. I think anybody can watch this movie and they'll enjoy it. Hey Ben. What's up? We have a Colin recommendation. Yeah, I uh, I was actually just going to say that. So um, what I want to start doing is uh, mentioning the recommendations at the end of every podcast so that our listeners can um, go and watch it or have, have a little bit of time to go and watch it if they want. Yeah. Uh, do you have the next recommendation, Colin? I do not. <laughs> uh, I think it's going to be The Notebook. The Notebook, oh God. <laughs> not doing Please it. don't make me watch that again. I'm kidding. Again. He <laughs> said <laughs> again. Well, I mean, it's bad. We don't we don't have a pick right now, but it's a great goal for next time. All right, we'll do Who's it next, next time then. You're next. Maybe. That's why I asked. Maybe we should have a social media feed to where we actually like yeah, can tell people. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on that. Ooh, what are we gonna we're gonna be on like all the things? Yeah, just Twitter. What about Snapchat? We're gonna have like a like a filter. Snapchat. I don't even have Snapchat. Can we TikTok? I, I guess. <laughs> all right, guys. <laughs> Thank sure, you all for joining us for another episode of Watch Better Movies. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Ben, for uh, picking this movie. I know I give you a lot of grief about the type of movies you pick, but like I said, genuinely, good one. Thanks. The I, I promise that the next few will not be very hard to understand or follow. Promises can be broken. Have a great week. Thanks.